This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com hello and welcome to the Love strangers a swindon town fan podcast proudly sponsored by the stfc official supporters club rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside beautiful play that is that what a good shot Welcome to the Low Strangers Podcast, your perfect solution to the stress and the strain. This week, Swindon Town are the kings of the PPG, while football is coming back all of the time. Plus, some more signings and some trialists came and went. I'm joined by non-journalist and bon vivant, Connor Garrett. Hello, Connor. Hello. Uh, Good to be back again. I'm so excited to have been able to watch an actual game of football, even if it was only on a television screen. Uh, that uh, yeah, I'm in a buoyant mood this afternoon as we record. That's the sort of mood we're looking for. Connor, you were away in Wales this week when nothing happened in the world of Swindon Town. How was your trip? Uh, it's fantastic. And yeah, like you said, um, the day before I went was when we announced um, uh, Jack Payne and Tyler Smith. Nothing happened for an entire week other than I think there was a, uh, the talk of the town and a couple of friendlies that were, were behind closed doors. And then I get back and we've got a friendly on TV and uh, two signings uh, un- unveiled by Richie Wellens on another talk of the town uh, within about four hours of uh, of my return to my flat. So 
um very much happy days i won't be leaving my flat for the foreseeable so um, <laughs> hopefully we'll be getting some more more swindon town news <laughs> for a little while yeah what connor's not telling you is he sent an email to richie wellen saying richie i'm away in wales wi-fi isn't great just hold back have your friendly with bristol rovers under 23s but just hold fire for a little while i'm back on saturday thanks kiss 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 a few more kisses than that, but yeah, uh, that's the the gist of it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm the the puppet master behind the behind the scenes. Um, so hopefully, uh, that they, they, well, they listen to me then. Hopefully, they listen to me now, and I'm saying let's get some some big name signings in and let's get up to the championship. Pull the strings, Connor. Pull the strings. Okay, so we'll start straight away really with the game that a lot of us saw i watched it you watched it that'll do and a lot of our listeners watched it as well um and that was the fixture against coventry city this was town's third pre-season fixture of 2020 and it was between the two sides who won their respective efl divisions via the much discussed much bemoaned and in six or seven parts of england much celebrated points per game method Ultimately, this was to decide the true PPG champions of England. How excited were you? My, my excitement was at fever pitch, honestly. I was, uh, <laughs> I, I woke up really excited for the game. Couldn't sleep the night before because I was too excited. You don't get much bigger fixtures in football than this. And these are the kind of moments you get into watching football for, for, the, for the big, the, the glory games. Yeah, I mean, I think it quite roundly showed that we were the best team in League One and League Two last season, you know that that's going to go down in history. I'm sure someone's probably updated the honours list on on the club's Wikipedia <laughs> page, and that is the real quiz. And it is uh, in midweek. Swindon beat a Bristol Rovers under twenty three side three one, courtesy of goals from Jack Payne, Scott Twine, and trialist Terrell Waite. Ben Reeves returned for a final game, but was deemed by Richie Wellens to be too much like Michael Doughty, while former Town and Chelsea youth goalkeeper Jared Thompson played the first half. The only returning trialist for the Coventry game was ex-Reading man Akin Odemeo. More of him later. Swindon lined up with Nathan Baxter, who, who returned for his trial uh, from Chelsea, Paul Caddis, Rob Hunt, Matthew Baldry, Akin Odomeo came in late on for Zeki Friars, Jordan Lydon, Anthony Grant, Michael Doughty, Jack Payne, DJ and Tyler Smith. Throughout the game, there were lots of substitutions after 60 minutes. Dylan Barnes, the trialist goalkeeper, Matty Palmer came on. So did trialist Tom Nichols and Dylan Bahambula, Scott Twine, Taylor Curran, Taylor Reed, Massimo Giamatti, Luke Haynes and Toby Holland all got minutes. We'll start with the first half. Town took the lead courtesy of a deflected Tyler Smith goal. Connor, perhaps it was because we were watching this from the comfort of our own home. But this first half seemed really quite competitive, didn't it? Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised by the level of it. I mean, it is weird watching a pre-season friendly on TV. I don't know if we've even ever had a pre-season friendly televised, um, or at least not in several years. Um, so... It does. I think watching a game in person when you kind of stood up against some railings, watching Town play Salisbury um, or whoever, um, is slightly different to watching a game against another good team um, while, while it's on TV. You probably do get a slightly different angle at how you're looking at things. Yeah, I, I thought that the level was pretty high, sort of generally. That obviously there are a few mistakes, and as the game went on, tiredness crept in. You, like we pretty much always say, whenever it comes to preseason game, the main thing you're going to draw from it is, is fitness because you can't really make. Um, too many hard and fast judgments. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the first half quite a lot. 
in no big, uh, no small part due to the fact that Swindon were actually um, pretty good. I think obviously um, went into the break one 0 ahead, and uh, I think you'd have to say that they deserved it. Coventry offered a few uh, nice touches here and there, but I think uh, Swindon were the best, uh, the best team. And uh, by the time Smith had scored his goal, he'd already had a couple of moments where he'd got in behind or had uh, kind of got uh, into the right positions and uh, maybe been denied by sort of a, a little bit of good defending or maybe a little bit of uh, bad luck um, on his side. So really, uh, that front three was looking really exciting. And uh, yeah, without wanting to draw too many conclusions because it was 45 minutes of football and there's not much you can judge from it, it was really fun to uh, to see uh, the three of them, Smith, Jaisimi and, and Payne, link up. Yeah, it was it was particularly impressive. I mean, Coventry City, they have played a pre-season friendly before that game, but it was quite a while ago. They went up and played Rangers, but I I think that was weeks ago and they did play as if that was their first pre-season friendly. They they were a little slack. You could see that they had some good players in there. I mean, they had some, you know, serious signings that they've just just made, but they their rhythm was not to the standard of Swindon's yesterday. 100% not. And I, I mean, I guess it helps from a Swindon perspective that we'd had two games in relatively quick succession. Um, obviously, I'm not 100% sure exactly what, what the nature of Coventry's training has been. But um, if you look at it from a Swindon side, the fact that we were able to sort of string together nice bits of play, having really only been training for a very short amount of time, in spite of obviously having the, the two games, I think is a really nice uh, a nice thing to look at. And it hopefully bodes well because it, it's actually really not that long till the season at all. <laughs> um, if we have this sort of, I don't know, obviously this kind of link-up play at an early stage, then you'd hope that um, as the players get a little bit more familiar and sort of get back to that match fitness, which obviously none of them will have at this point, then we'll hopefully uh, start to enjoy the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, as of, as of 15th, 16th of August, that Swindon eleven was probably goalkeeper aside, of course, because he's a trialist. Was our strongest available eleven, and it wasn't Coventry's strongest eleven. They kind of did a, two different squads in in both half. It's always, a, it's a. I don't know if it's disappointing, but when you see Coventry brought everybody except Jordan Young, it would seem you kind of know how this game's going to go. You've got to get your goals in early before it just turns into a substitution disjointed sort of game. Uh, I guess so, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I, I don't know if uh, Wellens and Hunt would have necessarily been going all out to win this game. I think they'll be much more interested in how, firstly, the first uh, the first team would have performed in the first half and also just getting minutes in the legs. So um, I'm sure had the game uh, kind of flipped towards the end of the game and, and Coventry had maybe got a couple of goals and ended up winning, I don't think it would really have changed anything from, from their point of view. So, I mean, obviously from a supporter's point of view, it was nice that we did get goals at a good point, like relatively early in the first half, kind of the midway point, and then also early in the second half because it meant that if you look at it as a fan thinking, oh, hopefully we'll win the game, then it gave us the best possible chance of doing that, given the fact that we were going to play a much younger team in the second half. But I, I reckon probably for, for, for them, it's a nice thing that they did win the game. I'm sure that they weren't looking at the super copper to PPG, just like uh, just like we were. So um, <laughs> for them, definitely, I think, I mean, it's, it's definitely a good thing that they've won. But the main thing, I think, is minutes in the legs and uh, the quality of some of the performances. Yeah, you're completely right. Absolutely. It's never about the results in pre-season or anything beyond competitive games. Swindon made it 2-0, though, after 52 minutes. Plenty of feedback in relation to Scott Twine, who scored a wonderful 
dipping 30-yarder, which really was quite impressive. It was one of those moments where you had to sort of double-take the fact that the ball had hit the net. It kind of came from nowhere, didn't it? Like, the mm. um, ball had kind of been overrun. It kind of pops to twine. You think, well, he's not going to shoot from there. So I, I think I'd, like, just about looked away. And then as I looked back, he was hitting the ball. All of a sudden, ended up right in the top corner. And then you get the, the view from behind the goal. Um, of what's happened as well and can see it's completely perfectly went in there it's such a nice hit R- really sweet hit yeah it was it's the sort of goal that you don't see scored very often and hopefully he's got a few more of those in his bag for the league campaign because uh if we if we have a couple of those next season then uh that'd be fantastic yeah it was a goal that kind of you don't you don't re- you know you, i don't know you don't really see that many goals like that in preseason friendlies and I know he tried a few more of those in, uh, in the rest of the second half uh, and he has done it in preseason friendlies before I think for Chippenham when he was uh, on loan there last season obviously we know he's got it in his locker yeah I really did not expect it whatsoever and I double took very hard when that went in yeah I mean he almost scored from a free kick as well wow, I say that the, the goalkeeper saved well but it was comfortable height for him well we might as well go into the Scott Twine chat people were very very excited by this goal Scott Twine I think that was his fourth pre-season or this is his fourth pre-season with Swindon um, in 2017 he got two goals including a very impressive effort against Melksham and he also scored against Chippenham he scored three in 2018 against Melksham and a brace against Supermarine one in 2019 a penalty in a behind closed doors game against Bristol City and so far in this pre-season he's got two goals he scored against Bristol Rovers in the 23s and of course against Coventry and he got loads of assists against Nuneaton I really wanted to sort of get feedback in relation to Scott Twine because Nick says you know what's happened to Twine was very good Hanra Hanrahan says Twine continuing to play like he has a big point to prove really emerging as a quality option wide of the front three there's dynamite in that right boot Kevin STFC Foley says thought Twine looked very good I know it's only pre-season but it's like he's giving it a real good crack good to see and truly hope he can come through Maz STFC says and not just for this game but for all the pre-season games is that Scott Twine looks like a completely different player which is interesting because we've only seen him play one the other two were relying on the words of the club confidence wasn't pushed off the ball really made a significant difference when coming on I cannot tell you how much I am happy with today's performance Paul D says obviously difficult to read too much into pre-season but fair play to Scott Twine a week or so ago Wellens laid down the gauntlet uh, talking about a big pre-season for him and he seems to have taken the challenge full on and Ari Hammond says Twine was excellent in the friendly but he could be bullied in League One and this is the big point isn't it Connor because footballers have signed contracts on the basis of good performances in pre-season heaven knows we've seen it ourselves at Swindon Scott Twine is a very very good footballer we've seen it he has his limits and his limitations sorry but can he and can he push on in League One and given the fact that it's Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday he really needs to take the most of the opportunities he'll get in the first League Cup game and the following EFL trophy game as well. Yeah, if you look at his technical ability, he's definitely got the attributes that he needs in that side of his game to sort of make it as a very good player. Definitely in in the leagues that Swindon have been in the last few seasons, he has the attributes to to succeed at like a League 1, League 2 level. I think when he's been in non-league, 
he has succeeded because the strength of his technical players maybe offset some of the physical sides of his games that needed to be built up a little bit. Um, so he, he, I think he's he's had a decent record uh, when he's gone out on loan. Uh, maybe maybe nothing to sort of say right. He needs to go straight back into the first team, but not something that would be like well, if he if his contract expires, he wouldn't get a chance sort of lower down the pyramid. I think pretty much the, what the way that people have been speaking about him is that he needs to bulk up to um, succeed. And I mean, if you look at him physically, he does look a, like a little bit stronger than he did in a couple of previous seasons, which is definitely a good thing whether that's enough for League One level, because he will be coming up against very experienced uh, defenders who sort of have a lot of sort of street smarts and know what they're going to be uh, coming up against. But from what Richie Wellens has said in his interviews with the BBC, it, obviously he's challenged him to, to sort of do that. Um, and from, yeah, like I said, from what from what Wellens has said, it sounds like he has kind of started to rise to that challenge. I'm definitely really pleased with what I've seen of him in that sort of 45 minutes where he was on the pitch uh, yesterday. The goal was great. The sort of general application looked great. The rest of the game played out very much like pre-season friendlies do. Swindon made multiple changes and as a result got weaker and weaker. But, you know, I felt that we still were pretty reasonable. It was clear Coventry had better players on the pitch, but we looked comfortable until, in true Swindon sense, even in pre-season friendlies, a needless penalty was conceded. Absolute stonewaller. Taylor Curran, take a bow. And then Matty Godden finished. But even after that, Coventry weren't bothered and Swindon kind of reluctantly took it to the corner flags almost as if they didn't want to but they also wanted to win as well it was very odd yeah i mean you've got to see out the super copper to ppg don't you it's a, it's a big game one of the biggest games in the history of of the sport um so if they hadn't taken it into the corners and if they'd have conceded to make it two all i don't think any of us would have been happy because uh, I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't have done penalties or something like that um but yeah, happy to happy that they saw it out, and uh, it gave us all a nice a nice evening of uh, celebrating a major trophy win. I do like the fact that you know you're going super copper, I'm going with uh, PPG uh, Pakal, but we're we're talking as if both clubs were aware that they were playing out this nothing trophy. <laughs> Wait, you're saying that they weren't? I've, I think it's quite obvious that I mean. <laughs> It was uh, billed as the match of champions. Uh, it was something along those lines for Premier Sports. It was televised. You know, th- those are the big events. I-, I can't see why both sets of players wouldn't have been. <laughs> I mean, Dylan Bahambula is going to go down in history as one of the players to have won the inaugural Supercopper to PPG. Maybe even the, the-, the lone Supercopper to PPG. It might never happen again. Uh, so uh, take a bow. A little bit of space for Frank McAvenny. Away from Parker. Not from Bruce, though. Nyholt with a shot, took a deflection, he did! Luke Nyholt has equalised for Swindon Town. And bottom of the table they may be, but they are made of stern stuff. You're listening to the Low Strangers podcast, proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club. Maz STFC says the way the ball was passed around was slick and every pass seemed to have a purpose. The trialists all did very well. Both goalkeepers looked good despite not having much to do. Odomeo looked like Nathan Ake at the back. Honestly, I was so impressed. R.E. Hammond says, first half, you could not tell who were champions of League One or League Two. Baldry, Grant, 
Hunt DJ did as expected. Impressed with Baxter, Odomeo and Tyler Smith. Caddis looked slow and was caught out a few times. Same for Taylor Curran. Not impressed by trialist Tom Nichols. Dean McMackin says, Both first-half trialists impressed me. Great to see Anthony Grant press back, but Tyler Smith impressed me the most. Great movement and looks to be a striker who will be in the right place at the right time. Joe Acklam says, very happy with the performance. A few sloppy moments playing out from the back and in front of the goal, but overall very encouraging. DJ, the best on the park in the first half, and then Twine, very good in the second. Odomeo and Baxter would be very good additions. Pete Weber says, Grant doing Grant things against higher quality opponents was very satisfying to see. Similarly for Baldry. Ash says, DJ Smith and Payne all combined well and looked very dangerous on the attack in the first half. Overall, very promising 90 minutes. Uh, Joseph Seymour says, Baxter and Odomeo look like good options to add to the squad. Impressed by Payne and DJ, need some depth in the squad though flying monkey nuts baxter looked impressive as did odomeo tyler smith looked sharp looks like a solid basis for the team swin 84 baxter looks solid but haynes disappointed me i'm hoping it was just over trying but i thought he looked poor and lethargic the jury is still out on matty palmer for me Kieran Bose says, need to see more of Tom Nichols, but didn't do enough. Tyler Smith was excellent and did a lot of running. Payne looks very handy. Team looks solid as a unit and enjoyed seeing the youngsters get a run out. A few of them did not look out of place. Neil W. Sheldon, he says, if they can get Baxter in and they have a spine of Baxter, Baudry, Grant and Payne, it'll look very good. With Doughty, etc. making it a team you wouldn't want to play against in this division challenge will be keeping them fit and free from suspensions mr d mcguire says baxter looks solid grant was a general again Payne and dj looked good the team looks like they've got goals in them thought doughty looked quiet i think that's what doughty does though scott moreau says impressive performance all round jack Payne looks like a shrewd and clever signing likes to drift from out wide and looks dangerous impressed with baxter and odomeo brandon nils says really good performance for this stage of preseason. i'm interested to see more of baxter barnes and bahambula hats off to twine he's doing everything he can to stake a claim PJ said we look solid, silly penalty to give away, and hopefully it doesn't happen much during the season. If we play of some of the football we did today, we could be in for a good one. Leap adds that Payne looked as good as Isgrove was at his best last season. Caddis was surprisingly mobile, considering he appeared to have enjoyed plenty of jam sandwiches lately. DJ was twisting and dancing better than last season, and the pros on Strictly. A slight negative, all the young lads that came on, plus Matty Palmer, need to bulk up. All very slight and pushed out in several 50-50 challenges. Maybe jam sandwiches plenty are needed. Steve gobsmacked. What a great team performance. I didn't realise we were that good. Tyler Smith looks a valuable striker. Jack Payne was exciting to watch. The Baxter boy inspired confidence. Good with his feet. Great season ahead. Well done, Richie Wellens. 
Jbox325 says, Payne was the man of the match for me. He didn't stop running and his positivity on the ball was great to see. He's already got a contract and he's eager to please. Baxter was great in goal, especially the great distribution. Great to have football back. And finally, Sam says, the way we played in the first half in particular shows how valuable it is that we've been able to keep the nucleus of the 2019-2020 squad. These players know their roles, how to play the Wellens way and makes it far easier for players like Tyler Smith and Jack Payne to fit in with relative ease. So I'm going to go steaming in with, you know, caution here, Connor. So loads of great reviews. Everybody was happy. It was a good performance. It was a steady performance. But that's all it was, right? You can't read too much from these games, can you? No, of course not. I mean, like I said, the the main thing was that those players are starting to build up uh, minutes in the legs and... Uh, so they showed a few good touches, which is definitely a good thing. And um, I think, I mean, when we're looking at this as fans, we're just thinking this is the first time I've seen Swindon play um, an actual game of football uh, in about five months. And that would have been the case for all of us because there hasn't been a game that's been shown unless someone managed to sneak uh, behind a fence at Nuneaton or uh, somehow get a, n- a nice view of the county ground on, on Tuesday night, which I'm sure not many people were able to do, then that would be the first time that people have seen them since, I guess, well, the Forest Green one was the last game, wasn't it? So it's been a long time coming, and I think we're all itching to make sort of come to some conclusions and also get um, that first look at some of the new players. So, that, I mean, for me, it was great. I, I kind, of, kind of came out with a few kind of impressions about how other players might form um, about potentially how we might might look next season. But I guess the other side of it is just that we, we can't really judge how strong that Coventry side is compared to the Coventry side that went up and the Coventry side that will play in the championship this season. I think we can, we can definitely focus on some of the, the good things that, that Swindon did. But um, yeah, I mean, fr- from the comments that are read out, I don't think anyone's getting um, carried away with it. Um, I, I, I don't think either of us are either. So um, it's just a nice thing to finally see the team play, see the new signings that we've got definitely look to be sort of decent footballers and, uh, until there's a, a sort of some consequential football to sort of draw something from, I guess we can uh, enjoy sort of these small little things to sort of keep us tidying over, like the snacks before the main meal of uh, <laughs> the, the well, the banquet that's going to be the whole season of Tuesday Saturday football. It's definitely one of those things. Connor, there is one thing that I, I don't think worry is is the right term, but relating to Matty Palmer, I do feel like. We are beginning, or not we, just a few are beginning to turn on him when we simply have not seen enough of him. I really hope he gets 70 minutes or 90 minutes alongside our strongest available squad. And, you know, some will say, well, if he's in it, he's not the strongest available squad. But you know what I mean? I just I just want, we haven't had the opportunity to really see what he can do. The guy's got experience that we need, but we, we need more minutes from him, really, don't we? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I can kind of understand what people are saying in terms of they're not sure if he's what we need. and Because I guess he signed for us in January and it's now August and he's still not really got any minutes. But I guess it, it, that kind of way of looking at it, maybe we, we don't really know what's going on in pre-season. It might be that he had a knock in the summer that he's come in uh, and uh, is having to build up a bit slower than the other players. It could just be that sort of Wellen sees sort of Doughty and Grant as the the main midfielders and just Palmer's not slotted in yet um, in terms of getting the minutes so far. But 
I guess he signed at the end of January. It's kind of it made sense to me that he didn't play loads of minutes initially because we had quite a settled midfield that was uh, getting points on the board uh, during the actual season. Then we've had about five months of break from any form of football, really, and uh, there's been three friendlies since. So, uh, yeah, for me, I'd like to see him get some more minutes in the friendlies, and especially once we start playing competitive games, I'd like to see it. Uh, he, he, he mentioned quite, he's mentioned quite a lot that it just takes a couple of injuries, a few suspensions, and the fixtures are going to pile up so much yeah. that uh, potentially uh, you, you're left pretty thin. Um, and especially if you're looking at Grant potentially dropping back into uh, defence at some point uh, during the season, a um, couple of players being injured in midfield, then pretty much anyone that, that signed in midfield, even if they're just sort of a bit part squad player, is going to have uh, a lot on their plate, uh, I think, in terms of in terms of game time. And this is why I, I want Palmer to get more minutes, because you're quite right, and it's quite clear because of the Saturday-Tuesday, then, you know, Doughty, Lydon, Grant, Smith, they're not, they're not going to get they're not going to play 46 games plus cups. And because we've seen so little of Palmer, I don't want us to get to the competitive games, him be named and everyone not have faith in him. And then, you know, a misplaced pass after a minute, 45 seconds. And suddenly it's like, well, this guy's rubbish. So I, I want him to get as much minutes in as possible, hopefully in games that we can actually see so we can see what he's all about. But I mean, I, I don't disagree with you there. I just always want worry. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about Swindon fans particularly. I'm talking about, just general football fans when you know when the seed is planted it's hard to win win fans over if people are already going well he needs to do this he needs to do that when the reality is he's got hundreds of professional games behind him he probably knows what he's doing I do think he's going to be your number 12 number 14 in the sense that he's going to be one of your regular substitutes no I mean I think if you look at the, the midfield three that started the game yesterday you would have to be sort of pretty confident in your own abilities to think that you're going to break into that um, initially. So I think the starting midfield three of Doughty, Lydon and uh, Grant will be injury permitting probably what we start the season with and what we play in the big games. Uh, for me, I, I don't see any reason why any of the, the midfielders can't break in and become part of the strongest midfield because form plays so much uh, in how those midfielders are going to sort of, I, I think how, how they're going to be selected. I don't know if you'll necessarily sort of think we need to play our strongest midfield three. It might just be a case of that we want to keep as strong a midfield three for all of these games, but that means rotating one in, one out at different points. And uh, hopefully that means that pretty much all of them, I mean, it looks like we've got sort of quite a good nucleus there. And then obviously a few youth players that maybe will get minutes as well. Uh, hopefully it's uh, it's just the case that pretty much everyone should be fine but I appreciate like when there's a seed of doubt about a player then yeah it's hard to kind of uh, not feed it lots of water and sunlight and <laughs> now Ferry to the byline De Vita! they have turned it around Simon Ferry to the byline and he had the presence of mind to pick out Rafael De Vita Okay, let's move on and talk about the remaining trialists that are at the club. At this moment in time, we don't know if they're going up to the Northwest with the squad. We know about Nathan Baxter. It seems to be much sought after and it's going to cost money um, for Swindon to bring him here. And that's only on loan. 
Dinham Barnes played the second half. He was fine. He, you know, couldn't do much about the penalty. Dived the right way, but he didn't do a great more than that. Dinham Barnes uh, played twenty plus games for Colchester before moving to Queens Park Rangers, where he hasn't played a game. Goalkeepers. I mean, ultimately, if we're getting them on loan, if these are if these are trials with you to a loan, that means they're going to have to be number one. Richie Wellens has already said that it would be a waste of a loan. Otherwise, it's it's either it sounds like it's either going to be Baxter or Bender, doesn't it? Yeah, that would be kind of how I'd look at it. And I think realistically, either way, you're going to get a good goalkeeper. I think Baxter's looked well. He looked decent in the the 45 minutes he played. Made a couple of good saves. Judged his his sort of angles quite well on a couple of crosses. And when the balls come through, and he sort of got in there quite bravely. I mean, I think the the point that they made last season was that they're going to judge a lot of the goalkeepers on sort of how they trained. It's maybe hard to sort of say exactly how they think, how much, how much they're willing to go in for Baxter. I guess they have a much better idea of how much they want Bender because of obviously seeing him train from the end of August, start of September last year up until mid-March. And I, th- I think Swansea have just brought their first choice goalkeeper on last season back in on, I think it's on loan. Um, so be, yeah. potentially that, that frees him up, frees Bender up to go out on loan again, which... I mean, I think for me would be the preferred choice just because we know exactly what we're getting with him. But I, I do like the look of Baxter and I wouldn't be against him really either. So I think either way, if you go for one of those two and you get one of those two, then it works out quite well. But I guess the point is that whichever one we go for, it kind of needs to be done soon. First, you, so you have the betting in period with the rest of the squad. I mean, even if Bender's going to come in, he's going to have to get used to it all again and get to know all of the new players and see how they play. But first and foremost, probably more just that they need to actually get the ink dry on the paper very soon because, like you say, there's interest from other clubs in Baxter. I'm sure there's going to be interest in uh, from other clubs in, in Bender as well. And I guess you just kind of have to make a decision sign the player and then we can kind of just sort of uh, get on with it. Yeah, uh, Swansea, it's Freddie Woodman from Newcastle that that Swansea have got back. However, they still don't have like a veteran number two. So at the moment, Stephen Bender is, is absolutely their backup goalkeeper. So unless Swansea bring in another goalkeeper, then I think we can sort of say goodbye to that West Brom were the other team mentions they have Sam Johnston and Alex Palmer who was very good with Plymouth um so you know if they meant up to West Brom that could increase the chances of us getting a bender in because he might not be needed there unless they're planning to loan Alex Palmer out so I I think you know it's not like last year where we can take it to September we really do need a uh goalkeepers sorted out and we don't have a Luke McCormick to deputise at the moment and with all respect to Archie Matthews he's not ready to play in in League One so we do need at least one over the line ASAP. Yeah 100% and I think that that means you probably put Baxter in pole position because I guess as soon as they work out the deal with Chelsea then you can just get that done rather than relying on what else is going to happen. Um, at another club. Um, other trialists are Dylan Bahambula. Uh, he's a former Monaco youth and B player who's had stints around France, Romania, Algeria and Bulgaria, which, Connor, is a classic YouTube showreel career if there ever was one. Yeah, that's the kind of trialist that you know you would usually see in a preseason. Interesting to see what happens. Great name. 
um, <laughs> interesting sort of route for his career. Really hard to tell how how good he actually is from the 45 minutes we saw. I think he, he showed some good touches. He showed some sort of not, not quite as good touches as well. And he's he look, it looks, for all intents and purposes, like a midfielder. And potentially that's the, the area of the pitch that we really don't really need any more players. But obviously it's completely up to Wellens sort of how, how big he uh, sees the squad as wanting to be. But I, f- I think pretty much from what he said, obviously goalkeeper, striker, wingers are the priorities and potentially a more expensive person at the back. He's not mentioned about bringing another midfielder in. So I don't know if uh, he's one we're looking at particularly seriously. And the, the other try list that we've got here is a very experienced one in the in the form of Tom Nichols. Tom Nichols was someone that Swindon were linked to back in his Exeter City days where his strike rate was pretty good. Um, he was just kicking on, really. Scored a 17 in the league in one year, 10 the following after that. Then he got his move to League One with Peterborough United. His only full season at Peterborough was reasonably good, actually. I mean, 10 goals in 43 games, you know, nothing amazing, but adequate they went to Bristol Rovers in 2017 and that's where the goals really did dry up so in all competitions nine goals in 115 games a lot of those were substitutes and football fans they rush to Wikipedia don't they and they look at the strike rate and say no thank you the reality is Wellens was quite complimentary of Nichols I felt or reading between the lines during the talk of the town that followed the Coventry game where I think I think there may be a chance that Nichols might be one of our bench players throughout the season. For me, when I when I heard that he was on trial, I thought like it's a it's a good standard of name in terms of sort of the uh, the levels that he's had throughout his earlier part of his career, like you said at Exeter and Peterborough, and it, it's really hard to know exactly why it hasn't worked out for him since then. Um, without obviously watching um, any of the games, which uh, I'm definitely not going to do. Um, <laughs> but it's hard to know exactly why it's not worked out, but then he wouldn't be the first player to have come to Swindon under Wellens and uh, it suddenly click again. Well, Swindon did make two signings um, this week, right at the end of the week, which was nice. So that means we can talk about them. The winner of the trialists, the lord of the trialists so far, is Akin Odomeo, who has earned a permanent move to Swindon. 20-year-old centre-back who played one senior game for Reading last season, 90 minutes in their 4-2 EFL Cup win over Plymouth Argyle almost a year ago. He earned a lot of praise. You know when players you see Reading under 23 player you kind of think they'll be here for one game and then disappear again that that tends to be what happens in trials but it was clear from the start that Wellens was keen to do a deal lots of people already looking at the fact that he went on loan at Waterford he looked very good against Coventry yeah I was very I was really impressed with him obviously um he was kind of thrown into the lineup quite late uh, because I think Friars was supposed to start yep I don't think he he really did too much wrong um, during the game. He looked pretty solid, physically very good. It's re- really hard to tell exactly sort of everything about his game from that sort of obviously the majority of the game. Well, he played the whole game, didn't he? Yeah, he, he looked like the the sort of player that was sort of really fit in with what we've got and um, definitely sort of add another option to that. Um, so I think I think uh, Wellens was saying in his interview about how he's sort of one of the the quickest players at the club at the moment, maybe even the quickest if you don't include. I think he said potentially Woolery and him would be able to have a good race. And uh, that would definitely sort of mean that he's got sort of quite good at deputy for Friars. But equally, he, he could go on and uh, be sort of a starting player for us as well. And uh, we have had that that younger centre-back in the squad last season with uh, Edmunds Green. 
potentially be sort of a good replacement for that that kind of player, but a player that we actually own, so kind of can keep him um, about and uh, develop him uh, a bit further. So, yeah, for me, he looks like a, re- a really good signing. The second signing was Matthew Smith on loan for the season uh, from Arsenal. A couple of weeks ago, Matthew Smith sat on the bench as Arsenal beat Chelsea in the FA Cup final you know I think images of him sort of what looking he looked like he was sneaking a medal from the tray he was perfectly (laughs) entitled to it but it kind of went viral and then the next day he was linked to a move to Swindon Town on loan via Alan Nixon and then it went quite quiet Richie Wellens was saying that Arsenal were essentially wanting too much money and they'd come back with a counter offer and it's all gone through so Matthew Smith will report to training on Monday it's really hard to really discuss somebody that we we little knowledge of, you know, highly rated, you know, Premier League football clubs like Arsenal, they have in the know fans that watch a lot of under 23, under 18 football, and they're very impressed with Matthew Smith, as they were with Dan Ballard last year, but unfortunately injury meant we didn't see the best of him. The glimpses I saw against Chelsea under 21 suggested that he could have been quite the asset, but we got Matthew Smith now, FA Cup winner, Hopefully he'll do a great job. But as a side, it does mean that Danny Rose's Swindon career is almost certainly over. Yeah, it, it did sound from the uh, the talk of the town that went out on Saturday night that uh, Danny Rose is leaving because he's kind of been replaced by by the by the loan signing of Matt Smith. I mean, I, I think last time I was on, I sort of said that again. I can kind of take it or leave it. I think he's he's sort of uh, a useful player to have at League One level. Maybe want to sort of. Uh, branch out into a sort of a slightly different direction and bring in a player of a slightly different profile. And from what I hear from the Arsenal fans uh, that I know that watch a little bit of their youth academy, um, they said he's sort of quite a tidy player, links the play quite well um, and, and can, yeah, kind of slot in in sort of a, a more defensive midfield role. Obviously, Mikel Arteta seems to be quite a good manager and uh, has included him in the squad, at least even if he's not got any game time. So that, that, that bodes reasonably well. I think a good calibre of player to bring in on loan. And if we get two, three more loanees of that kind of similar calibre, then I think we'll be uh, definitely having some really exciting players in and around the squad. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, something that really not impressed me from the talk of the town, but I, I think I was relieved more than anything was how Richie Wellens was quick to stress how weak the underbelly of town squad was. This was music to my ears. Um, it sounds like Richie wants two goalkeepers, as we know, possible replacements for Woolery and Isgrove, plus replacements for Yates and Doyle. He, I think he even said six or seven players he still wanted to bring through, which... You know, I think is is right given how this season's going to play out with the amount of games. It could be, for want of a better word, the big transfers are, are yet to come. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think if if he's saying that Tyler Smith is replacing um, Admiral Musquay, then definitely we're going to need at least two big transfers as as attackers um, because I think Tyler Smith's sort of a, a, a decent player. Um, so you'd, you'd be looking at sort of two players that are going to get in ahead of him and uh, those would be big signings I imagine but so I guess the, the six or seven that's going to be two goalkeepers two strikers and then potentially is Grover Woolery or players to replace them uh, so I guess it's not like a ridiculously large score compared to last season and he's, he's saying that he's looking at 
a few extra numbers to deal with sort of the fixture congestion. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll see one or two more in, in different positions. I guess the the six or seven, maybe the extra guys, the the experienced centre half that he still is thinking about adding in. It'd be interesting to see what happens. I, uh, obviously, still would I think we'd all quite like uh, Isgrove and Willery to sort of stay on. Hopefully, they'll kind of make a decision very soon because I think it's, it's getting now to the point where we kind of need like the club will probably need to know sort of who's actually going to be starting on the final day on the final day. That's, that's a very much a long way off. <laughs> Definitely the first day they might want to know who's going to be starting. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the double edged sword of this era where we can afford to bring in too many players or too many expensive players because of the salary cap, but at the same time, because of the turnaround of game, there's going to be injuries. So we're going to have to have a, a squad that can, that can cope with it well you know thank goodness we have the 2019-2020 football medicine and performance association award-winning medical staff at swindon isn't it yeah absolutely crucial <laughs> i mean that that is probably the the second biggest trophy uh, that we've discussed today maybe even bigger than the ppg yeah <laughs> congratulations to them okay so this week is going to be a busy week we don't know about transfers yet but wellens did say over the next 10 days it could be busy for the next week swindon are up in the north west of england to play three pre-season friendlies to pretty much do the same vibe as they did in spain just in manchester um because you know you can't really leave the country without you know 12 days off afterwards so we've got manchester united under 23s on tuesday followed by two non-league clubs sean hodges tried to get the names wellens wasn't playing ball at all in that respect on thursday and saturday so three games um to be played we're playing it quite. I think Wellens is playing it quite well at the moment. The way he was explaining why we're going up to Manchester was perfectly logical. And for the second talk of the town, Hodgetts was absolutely adamant to find out whether Wellens was going to be at home or not. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I... <laughs> oh, I don't know what to say about that. Really, um, let me. Let me well, there's not much really to say, is there? I mean, it's good that we're getting competitive friendlies, and it's a slow build because the under twenty threes. You know, you're gonna to have to. They're gonna to want to look after Charlie Wellens, aren't they? They're not gonna go in hard on on these guys <laughs> because, frankly, Wellens will be looking to see if there's anyone he can he can pinch from Manchester United's development side. So it's a good you know rapport building, relationship building exercise, and probably the two biggies will be will be the non-league teams. It's good that they've got sort of the the friendlies to get minutes in the legs, and uh, it'll be sort of a relatively small squad up there. So hopefully. Most of the players will sort of get um, a lot of game time of the players that are going anyway. Um, and um, I, I think <clears throat> from Wellens' side, from from what he said, the um, most important thing seems to be sort of uh, the social side of things and yeah. sort of really knitting that group together. Um, and uh, I think definitely it'll be an, it'll be an important thing to have that togetherness throughout the season because there will be times where you're down a few players to injury or suspension and uh, your backs are up against the wall. And I think a lot of the the Swindon games that you remember most fondly, sometimes they're not the biggest wins. Sometimes they're the the times where you kind of go up against adversity and you, you come out the other side with a good result. So I, I know, from, for example, from the, the League One season, immediately after getting promoted under the Canyon, I think the game that probably I think about more than all of those big wins over Christmas where we're winning sort of four or five nil every game um, is the the game after Decania walked out and they went up to Tranmere and won. And I think we're probably going to have a few of those, not because, well, I mean, you can't rule out things going completely wrong off the pitch and uh, it, it being um, a complete mess, but 
the the likelihood is that there's going to be times where we're playing players out of position, uh, we're playing players that are having their first sort of chance at playing sort of first team football, and we need to go to a big team and get a result. And I, I think if the players are all, if they have a good atmosphere in the dressing room, if they all get on really well, um, then uh, it will definitely be um, a lot easier to do those kind of things. And I guess there's going to be quite a lot of new players in the squad. You want to get them to kind of fit in seamlessly with the existing group in the, in the dressing room. You don't really want cliques forming. So fr- from his standpoint, I think the fact that he's sort of so clearly focusing on that, and he's mentioned that several times in those BBC interviews, for me, I think that bodes really well. Um, and hopefully having that good kind of team spirit continuing on into the new season means that hopefully the good times will continue. Let's close then with news that the EFL have confirmed some dates for the forthcoming 2020-21 season. If somehow Swindon Town suddenly become a cup side, then there could be seven fixtures played between September 5th and September 26th. Seven games in 21 days. We won't see any replays or second legs next season, yet somehow... We will still see the sponsorless EFL trophy, conspiracy theories relating to bonus schemes and so forth to beat the salary cap aside. It seems very odd that they didn't give the trophy a year or 10 off. So basically, it's all through September, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. I don't think I'm mentally or emotionally ready for this i mean it's very much going to be sort of uh running from a standing start isn't it yeah. uh, I, know, I know not literally because every team is going to have had a pre-season but it's going to have been so long since uh, any competitive football like six months for most of the teams that uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens and it would be absolutely typical that we get a good league cup run in the one year we're not going to be able to <laughs> sort of see the first three rounds of the stadium so yeah. we're going to get a, a good away team in the championship uh, in the first round, we'll beat them, and then it will end up being like I don't know, Arsenal away, and we'll thrash them. But you never know <laughs> what's going to happen. But oh. it would be completely typical. Absolutely, it would be. So Swindon, we thought we were kicking off the season on September twelfth with the first League One game. Not the case. So a week before uh, September fifth. Uh, we're going to be playing in the EFL Cup first round. So, yeah, we might get a decent championship side. Um, Then in the midweek before that League One season starts, we've got an EFL trophy game, which you've got to hope, Connor, that the EFL just relax its rules about lineups in comparison to what they fielded the week before. It just We can't be risking key players in the EFL trophy ahead of the first game of the season. Yeah, I mean, from a kind of player safety point of view, I think it'd be completely reckless to make first-team players play um, twice a week for pretty much the whole season. So there's going to be an element of kind of weaker teams um, appearing in leagues throughout the season. And that should extend to the Cups as well. I think clubs should be able to play whichever team they want to play, uh, definitely in the EFL Trophy, in the Cups as well. I mean, it's not a crime for a Premier League team to put out a, a complete B team in the EFL Cup, so why shouldn't it be? Yeah. I mean, and obviously, they put out B teams in the uh, the EFL Cup, uh, Trophy as well. So for me, I, I think it'd be a great opportunity to sort of get game time in the legs of... Uh, those younger pros uh, and players that maybe aren't playing in the first team. And I don't think that's even not taking the competition seriously because like Wellen said in the BBC interview, like they're still playing to win. It's just that you really have to manage a squad over the season. And that's going to be the teams that can actually manage that. The best are going to be the ones that sort of surprise everyone, I think. So I think, to be honest, at, at a certain point, I think maybe the clubs are just going to have to accept 
if if the EFL don't allow it, then we're just going to have to accept that we're going to have to get fined because I, I really don't see the point in getting 90 minutes in the legs of senior pros and then having to weaken the team for the league game three days later. You know, I, I think logic doesn't necessarily always reign at EFL headquarters, so I, I don't expect them to allow it, but it would be very good if they did. If we get knocked out of the first round of the EFL Cup against Forest Green or Cheltenham or whoever we'll, we'll lose against, that means we'll just go on to Saturdays for the rest of the month, which, I, to be honest, I think right now, I, I think I can, I can live without a cup run in the League Cup. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all had to learn to live without one. The one season that we're not going to be able to enjoy. We're going to beat Cheltenham away. We're going to get to the final. and We're going to beat Cheltenham away. Bournemouth away, and then we'll get oh. a plum tie away at great big massive mega lift club that's not in Europe. So um, it's going to happen. Oh, I just. Oh. I said Bournemouth because Connor's got an attachment to Bournemouth, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it would be completely. <laughs> it'd be a brilliant experience for me to sort of to, to see a win. Uh, so um, yeah, I think the the. I mean, at least we'll be able to watch it on TV, I guess. Uh, so you if okay? we did have those kind of experiences, oh my god, I'm <laughs> I'm going off like a Catherine wheel. So uh, but yeah, I, I think um, I, I'm not against a, a cup run this year because I think obviously we'll still be able to watch the games and sure. uh, it'll be it, that'll be fine. But I, I, and if we did make it to sort of the serious rounds, and hopefully um, there'll be sort of once we're able to actually go and watch the games in the stadiums anyway, uh, but. Yeah, it, it's weird that obviously those games need to be played sort of in such quick succession when, as well, the the Carabao Cup, I guess they usually play the final in February. Is there any reason why that can't be delayed a little bit to, to allow for the first three rounds to not be played in September? But, you know, I'm just thinking out loud. I'm, again, I'm sure the the EFL are using their, the most logical responses uh, to all of this and uh, have, have definitely fought it all through, so... Who am I to question it? <laughs> Thinking out loud is what we do on this podcast. Connor, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Below Strangers is proudly sponsored by the official STFC Supporters Club. The music was created by the great Matthew Kilford and the artwork was provided expertly by John Daglish. Thanks for listening. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.